the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money invested in more. I get the pleasure of speaking with a journalist from International Business Times. You can find them online at btimes.com every Friday. Um, Join me now to talk a little bit about some of the things that he's recently written, Salvador Rodriguez. How are you, Mr. Rodriguez? Good, good. Thank you for having me on this morning. Absolutely. You recently penned something that's obviously near and dear. I live in the Bay Area. It's headline news. It's tech news. It's kind of 21st century here we are type of story. Silicon Valley's diversity fail. Uh, what brought you to this topic? Um, I just, you know, my job is to, I'm based here in San Francisco, unlike the rest of International Business Times, which is in New York. And, you know, I cover technology and for me, from what I've seen this year, I think diversity is really the biggest story in technology in 2015. You know, it's not like these smartphones are getting any drastically faster or, or better features or bigger screens or anything anymore. Um, and it's not like there's any, you know, really, truly killer apps that we've been introduced to this year. But when you look at the demographics of these companies, that's really what has blown my mind the most. Um, and and in this particular story that we're going to talk about today, we looked at the demographics of the venture capital firms, which are the ones that create all these new Facebooks and Ubers and Googles, and their demographics are worse than anyone else's. It's interesting that you say that because sometimes I feel very lucky and privileged in my life. I say I was lucky to be born white with a dad who worked on a coast and not in Iowa as a farmer. Like, it really gave me a lot of education opportunities, which gave me a lot of success opportunities, which gave me a lot of, like, it's a weird thing to say out loud. Like, I've gotten, as a white male, probably some privilege in my life, Um, especially with a father who was well-educated and lived on a coast. Um, Does that ring any truth to you? Does that, like, or does that anger you when I say that? Or does that tie into the story of the venture capitalists and what a, a privileged club it is per se yeah essentially i mean well i mean i think what you're saying there is simply that you're going to get a fair shot at you know if you had a startup idea it would it's it's a truly uh it's a true meritocracy for for you you know right um but if if you're not a white male or an asian male um it's not quite the same it's you really have to break into the system um and you know i spoke with a lot of founders for this story and what they told me is that you know this is difficult for 
it's difficult to get venture capital funding for anyone. You know, it doesn't matter who you are or what your race is at that point. But uh, but but if you're you know African American, a woman, Hispanic, it's it's hard to get a meeting with with a lot of these venture capitalists, and and that's just where it starts, you know. So, getting into your story or getting into the story, yeah, the story you wrote and the piece that you did. Um, clearly, Ellen Powell drew a lot of attention with the lack of diversity in the venture capital industry, and kind of like the whole female sex and using an employee and things like that. Um, how did she inspire or relate into your story? Um, I think really not at all, other than the fact that she was one of the few women working at a venture capital firm um, uh, when she was there, and, and that's still the case now, you know. Um, I think there's there's one quote in my story that says it, it's it's one uh, female partner, and she says that she can name probably all of three venture capital firms that have more than one um, you know female partner, um, and and that's really the case for for many of these firms. Um, I mean, I couldn't even get uh, a lot of these firms to talk to me because it's it's such a delicate issue, and, and their numbers are so bad. Um, you know, I've, I've seen statistics that say like if you look at the at only the elite venture capital firms the percent of women there is about four percent compared to the the rest of the partners that are there um and you look at the overall industry and it's a representation of about nine percent and as a result that's why only about nine percent of all the companies that get funded have uh female ceos okay um so so I, I guess that that's that's the only way that Ellen Powell um, related to my story is that you know she she has brought light on this issue essentially. Well, it's pretty stunning because like um, I'm reading your piece right now, Salvador Rodriguez from IBTimes.com. A 2014 list of the top tech venture capital firms showed just 1.5 percent of investors were African American, and then just shortly after that, there's a quote from a CEO of a, a venture capital group who says, "I can't name five Hispanic partners." I probably can't name three. There's like no diversity. It's really a white male club. Pretty much so across the board is what the data is showing, isn't it? Yeah, essentially. And I mean, this is one part that I couldn't fit into my story, but um, a founder who only wanted to speak anonymously, um, this person told me that they had had more than 130 meetings with venture capital firms and out of those meetings, they had run into a single African-American partner, um, just a few women here and there, and no Hispanic venture capital partners either. So it, it's that kind of thing. And, and the reason that this matters is because, for example, if, if you have if – you, if you're pitching a tech idea that really caters at the Hispanic market, which is obviously a big one. I mean, you look at our, our broadcast networks. Univision is the biggest one now, you know. Um, but if you have a, an idea that is specifically tailored to that market, you know, a, a white male, an Asian male, they might not understand the significance of it. They might not understand the business opportunity that is there. And that is where the breakdown of the meritocracy happens. Anything else that you want to highlight from your story recently published in the Investors, uh, IB Times, International Business Times? Uh, Salvador Rodriguez. Yeah, I think I think the 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 highlight is that at least it's starting to look up. 
um, the companies like Intel, for example, have launched um, diversity funds that are specifically focused on, uh, you know, backing companies that are either led by a woman or a minority CEO or they, the, the majority of their founding team uh, is diverse. So um, we're starting to see that from companies like Intel. You know, Comcast has a similar fund. AOL launched uh, a woman-focused fund last year. And that that guy that you mentioned, uh, his firm, Dream Funded, they just launched one uh, last week. So that's pretty good. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a cycle. Um, once there are more founders and more diverse people in tech, I think we'll start to see uh, more partners uh, with diverse backgrounds rise as well. And so hopefully, you know, things will start to change in the future. Thanks very much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to speak with some of the staff writers, Salvador Rodriguez at International Business Times. Silicon Valley's diversity fail includes white male-dominated venture capitalists, and it's killing women and minorities. And again, I don't know if it's politically correct some of the things that I say. I know it's not. You know, but I feel lucky. And I think that's a problem with America. So I remember a couple of years ago, I got into a little bit of trouble on radio when I said the United States Army is kind of like this big jobs program for America. It's kind of like um, if you're going to go nowhere in your life, you could join the Army and they'll teach you a skill. So if you're stuck in Louisiana, or Mississippi. And Mississippi, they say things like, you know how you spell our state? It's in my cookie letter, cookie letter, ah, hunchback letter, hunchback letter. And like, you're going, what are you talking about? And they join the army and they get a computer programming skill or a flying skill and they become pilots. And So I said, it's kind of a, a jobs program and we kind of need it because otherwise there'd be a lot of unemployed people <clears throat> who don't have the chance to go get an education. Um, and that rubs some people the wrong way. Yeah, it is what it is. I can't solve all the problems. Um, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Don't be shy. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about. Um, <clears throat> oh, got two minutes left. We can talk about money. Um, and again, I kind of want you thinking this way. You know, job growth in the United States is actually maybe a negative thing for the stock market because as we get more jobs, it creates more inflation. More inflation equals more, well, business. More jobs equals more business. More jobs, more business equals more inflation. Um, and then the Federal Reserve is going to come in and do something about that. And they're going to say, we've got too much inflation. We're going to raise interest rates, make the cost of borrowing more that you don't be speculative and buy anything that you want for cheap cost of money, whether it be companies or individuals or houses and such like that. So the jobs report, you have to grasp that this is like an art. It's not something you have to massage together. You have to take a look at the valuations of companies. You have to take a look at sectors. Uh, you know, I own healthcare sector. I'll probably own it till the day I die. Um, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. So I think there's a great Vanguard Health Fund that I think everyone can own until the day they die. Ta-da! Magic. I know you're saying that was the worst magic trick I've ever seen. You said you're going to hold a position until the day you die because it's healthcare. Yes, because Americans are obese, and we'd like to drink and eat and 
party and even to the point of it hurts our health. Of course I want to own a healthcare fund. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.